0: It's lovely to have you back listening with me on the PSA HQ podcast channel again. And I've got some sunshine here at last, so it feels like spring is well and truly on the way at last. In this episode, I want to bring you something which I hope is going to be really useful and informative. It's a chat with Julian and Kath, who are from Care Support Wiltshire, an independent charity that provides free and confidential support to unpaid carers of all ages across Wiltshire. There are lots of organisations like this around the country. Julian is a community connector and Kath is PR and communications officer. Julian and Kath tell me all about the kinds of services and support that carers support Wiltshire offer and how things have been working for them during the pandemic. The reason I wanted to do this podcast topic is because I know from personal experience how difficult it can be being a carer when you are also battling with a chronic painful condition. And often, besides not always recognising that we are being a carer, self-care goes out the window and we struggle along at a pretty high cost to our health. So I hope you enjoy listening. I hope you find it really useful. Let's dive in. Hello, Julian. Hello, Kath. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Hi, Mel. It's great Hi to be Mel. here.
0: It is really good to have you both here. So I thought we should probably start with a little bit more introduction into sort of both of your roles. So Julian, you are a community connector, is that right?
1: That's correct. Yes, I'm a community connector and um, for um, specific areas of wheelchair actually, uh, devises Marlborough and Pusey areas. But because we're not doing our um, community work because of the restrictions of the pandemic currently, actually, I'm kind of working with carers from all over the county at the moment, as are all my community connector colleagues.
0: Yes. It's not normal times at the moment, is it, for sure? No. So we'll kind of weave in and out of what was normal, what you're currently doing. And Cath, can you tell us a little bit about your role?
2: Yep. So I'm um, PR and comms officer. So I work across all the communications at Carersport Wiltshire. Um, so that's kind of our email. We do a regular monthly email to carers that are registered with us. We do a kind of published what's on guide of kind of workshops and talks and things. We have a postal newsletter and then just obviously keeping in contact with carers through social media and lots of other ways really we keep in touch with carers.
0: Brilliant. And today, part of the purpose of this podcast is to just make people aware that there is a carer support service out there. And each area has its own carer support unit, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. So in in terms of um, the community connector uh, model, the county is split up into different areas. So that uh, the idea being that there's a, a local community connector who develops local knowledge and is a better place to access resources for carers and get to know about what's on offer in localised areas of the county. So that's the principle behind us working in, in in different areas of the county.
0: And across the country, there'll be different carer support units to contact in there?
1: Yes, uh, that's right. Um, the, each local authority area will have its own Uh, carer support service which um, may be uh, like in Wiltshire contracted to uh, a charity such as ourselves or um, run in-house by the uh, the local authority and um, uh, most of the organisations that uh, provide carer support are also uh, members of the the carers trust which is a a national organisation advocating for carers needs. So people
0: need to search out what's available in their areas. So we're going to focus on Care Support Wiltshire at the moment and what you're able to provide to people in your area because I think that will give people a flavour of potentially of what's out there in their areas as well. And yeah. we'll signpost them to your website and the kinds of things that you do. Sure. So in normal times, Julian, what would you usually be doing as a community connector?
1: <laughs> so, yes, in, in normal times, re- remembering back to... Um... Uh, before March 2020. My role was different because I, I was doing what my title says on the tin, which is Community Connector, so I was I was out in the community trying to uh, connect carers with uh, support that is there. We would do this in, in, in various ways, so for instance, uh, doing one-on-one work with carers who uh, we've identified have a, a support need of one description or another, and that would involve uh, home visits uh of course something we we were unable to do at the moment and we're having to conduct our work remotely for obvious reasons yeah uh, as well as one-on-one support work with carers we also organize support groups in the community which are ways of uh, carers getting peer support from other unpaid carers and these take place in in, in various towns across Wiltshire mm. um, uh, as well as informal carer cafes which are opportunities for carers to meet with other carers and enjoy uh, uh, you know an informal social occasion with a, mm. uh, a drink and a, a slice of cake and what have you. Uh, our support groups uh, very often we will invite a speaker to come along and, and talk about a topic that we hope will be of interest to carers. And, and so, you know, we, we're, we're trying to provide information as well about um, sort of support that's out there from other organisations. And part of our role is to act as a, a signposting um, service for carers so they know where to go to, to get specific information about you know the issues that are relevant to them.
0: Mm. I mean, the carers' cafes and enabling people to connect with other carers is is something that I think is really important. Because if you've been put into a position where you are suddenly a carer, you you have no idea where to go to get support and it's quite stressful. So I think that peer support element is vital really. I think it's a lifeline for people when when they're going through a very uh, stressful time in their lives.
1: Indeed uh, that experience can be isolating mm-hmm. and uh, so so meeting people who may have been through that experience or are going through that experience at, at the same time you know can be very helpful so you don't feel you're, you're so alone um, and you know there's other people in in a similar boat who may be able to signpost you to things you, that you're not aware of as a carer because they've been on this journey uh before you.
0: Yeah absolutely you mentioned um you also, sometimes you get speakers along to some of the cafes, did you say?
1: Out support groups, yeah. Out yeah. support groups, yeah. yeah.
0: What kinds of things are useful for people to hear about?
1: Well, we invite uh, speakers um, to talk about an array of, of subjects. That um, So, for instance, uh, we, we recently had a speaker at um, a support group talking about uh, future planning for um, long-term care costs uh, for the cared-for person. Uh, and also covering things like uh, lasting power of attorney. So, you know, often it will be something that relates to the needs of the the cared for person that, you know, the, the carer needs to find information about. But other times it might be to just have a speaker talking uh, about, um, you know, local history or um, something that's, you know, more of a kind of um, general interest topic mm-hmm. rather than something to do with the caring role. Because um, sometimes um, people like accessing these groups to to actually get a break from their caring role and yeah. not necessarily want to be bombarded with information about it so um we, we know we try to strike a balance there between you know something that's that's social uh, but also you know on, on occasions um, uh, something that's informative mm. um and then carers you know they can dip in and out if they if they see a, a a talk coming up that they're they're interested in then they'll they'll come along but there's no obligation to mm. attend these events
0: yeah, it it sounds very similar to the support group that I'm involved with that are for people with arthritis and chronic pain and they don't always want to talk about their condition. Sometimes it's yeah. just the social side of it. And, you know, the topics can, can be really wide ranging and totally not to do with any of the key sort of reasons that were there. Exactly. But I think that's healthy, that's that's really good for people's mental mm. well being to, to get a break, to distract themselves from from what's going on in their lives sometimes. That's right.
2: Yeah. Yeah, pre COVID we were running um creative carers groups as well, which were really popular. So people would just get together and um, you know, create something, do some kind of art together. Mm. So yeah, those sorts of things. We've done sort of cookery workshops and things. So some things will help with the caring role and other things just, you know, just an opportunity to to do something which is a break from the caring role really.
1: Mm.
0: Uh, they sound brilliant a lot of people in the group that I belong to they love being creative for pain it's really good because once you're engrossed in something creative or making painting however it is you're being creative Mm. you're not thinking about your pain so it's a brilliant
1: distraction
2: Mm. it's good it's like a mindful activity isn't it so you're you're Mm. very much in what you're doing
1: yeah totally yeah one of the other things I should mention, Mel, in terms of the work that we do in the community, um, which we're very much looking forward to um, restarting as soon as we can, is the carers clinics that we uh, run at GP practices uh, across Wiltshire, mm-hmm. which are opportunities for carers to come into the surgery, have a health check uh, with a a health professional, um, and then have an appointment with uh, myself, one of my colleagues, um, about their caring role. and And at these clinics, we can conduct what what we call our health and well being assessments, where we can um, identify uh, someone's su- support needs as a carer. And this has proven to be quite, you know, an effective way of uh, of identifying those needs and then working to um, create some some good outcomes for carers, because um, you know, face to face opportunity to speak with a carer in in a place where they feel comfortable and they can easily access has proven to be very effective.
0: How do people find out whether or not there's a carer's clinic at their GP surgery?
1: So when carers register with us at Carer Support Wiltshire, we we will ask them whether they are registered with their GP practice, you know, on their carers register. So the Mm -hmm. GP practices in the county will run these carers registers so that they know how many carers are are on their patient list. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the practices will organise carers clinics, um, you know, maybe one or it may be several a year Uh, but the idea being that the carers on their carers register will be invited to attend these these clinics so it's important that the the carers know that there is a carers register at their gp practice so they can Mm. um, access these these services
0: yeah because i was just thinking i mean if you're a long-term carer and you've been doing it for a long time it's probably something you know about but if you've just become a carer because a, a family member is ill or something All of these kinds of things are completely new. You didn't know they existed so yes. it is important for people to know that these things are out there
1: indeed and uh, the majority of our referrals come from the gp practices so mm-hmm. you know they they're very good at identifying uh, carers and then they will make the referral to to Carer support wiltshire informing us that you know there's a carer that's been identified and we will then contact the the carer and uh, uh, hopefully that they'll be happy to register with us and we can work to um support them with their caring role mhm
2: Oh, I was going to say, um, GP practices as well, when someone's registered as a carer with them, they will also offer, I mean, it's variable, but carers are entitled to a free annual flu jab. Um, many GP surgeries will offer flexible appointments, um, acknowledging that especially working carers with caring responsibilities have got very limited windows to mm. be able to attend um, the GP. Plus, it's very important for carers to stay healthy you know, so that they're able to continue their caring role. Um, So, yeah, it's it's a good thing to be registered with your GP as a carer so that you can get any of this extra kind of things that you're entitled to.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it. And coming into the role as a new carer, you wouldn't know any of this existed. So it's really good. Would they start finding out information by maybe visiting your website as well?
2: Yeah, there's there's a lot of information on our website. We're we're constantly striving to improve our website to make it more accessible. But all the information is is there. Um, it's definitely a good sort of first place to go to find out more because, like you say, it's such it's a new world. Some people go into it slowly if someone has a condition which is maybe gradually worsening but some people will become a carer overnight really if um, you know a person has suffered a stroke or something very sudden and it's such a you know it's such a new world that you find yourself in but our website is a really good place to just learn about all of the different um, you know things places you can find help people to call our helpline we have a helpline number as well um, but yeah there's a lot to get your head around and some people might not need all of it in one go but it's, um, it's good to know I think at the start what's available to you so yeah. that you know what's there when you do need it because you don't suddenly want to be at the point where you've kind of reached a bit of a crisis and you're like I cannot do this anymore it's good to you right at the beginning of the journey I think just to know you know, what's available for when when you need it, when you're ready for it. Yeah, a lot of people
0: probably do reach crisis point before they start trying to find the information. So I think that's a really good point. And I was just thinking about, I mean, the whole pandemic situation has probably created a whole new pool of new carers.
2: Mm. Yeah, apparently a lot of people, um, you know, they've taken up um, because, I mean, the role of the the sort of way we we define a carer really is um, if you are supporting someone who couldn't otherwise manage without your support. Um, And that can range from doing someone shopping and picking up their medication for a neighbor or a family member that doesn't live with you to, you know, the kind of very intensive caring that I suppose a lot of people think that that's where the level they need to be at before they are officially a carer. But, you know, there's so many different types of carers and if someone's if someone's working and they have young children as well as looking after elderly parents it can be very stressful and you know the support is is necessary for them as it may be for someone who's living with a partner with a long-term condition they everyone you know everyone's situation is different they're all managing differently and we are here to help everyone Um, you know young carers carers of family members and all sorts
0: yeah and it is an important thing because if if the carer goes down, if the carer's not well or is burnt out, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, people with autoimmune conditions um, and things like arthritis, they, they can quite often suffer from fatigue. So looking after someone on top of managing your condition is doubly fatiguing in a way. And, you know, if they get burnt out, then they can't care for that person. So it's a vicious circle, isn't it? Mm.
2: Mm. It's really difficult. I think a lot of people just think that, you know, it's a family member and they're just doing what anyone else would do. Mm. Uh, but you no, know, it's really important they look after their health and carers do have, you know, they they can suffer from um worse health than the general population because they aren't often neglecting their own their own needs for the other person because the other person is such a focus for them. Mm. So how do you identify what a person's
0: needs are because you might be able to identify it better than the person themselves?
1: So this is where our um, health and wellbeing assessment comes in, which is a tool that was created um, with the participation of uh, of carers um, in order to try and identify what you know a particular individual's uh, needs are uh, as a carer. Um, so. Th- this is a a questionnaire that that tries to look at all aspects of a of a carer's life for example you know whether they have trouble sleeping whether they're having the opportunity for a break from their caring role whether they um, feel low so you know the, the, these questions are designed to to tease out what specific help somebody might need mm. uh, in order to improve the quality of their of their well being, and then we can look at our resources that are available to support them, signpost them to other organisations, but also inform them of the option of requesting a statutory carer's assessment from the local authority, um, which can lead to um, funding being provided. For instance, if a carer uh, does need uh, to get a regular respite break from their care in role.
0: Mm. So what's the statutory
1: assessment so um this is an, a, an assessment the, uh, the the local authority uh, has an obligation to perform because of the uh, it, the care act. Uh, which came into force in 2015. So, the needs of a carer should be assessed, and uh, and, a, and a proportionate uh, assessment takes place, uh, which we conduct on behalf of the local authority in Wiltshire. Uh, however, for the funded services that I, I've mentioned, th- this funding would come from from the local authority uh, in, in order to try and support carers to maintain their caring role, uh, because as we've mentioned, you know, car- carer breakdown is the risk, which therefore you know it has has a huge impact on the carer and the cared for person so you know it's it's in everyone's interest for the for the carer to be able to feel confident uh, at uh, that their well-being to be maintained so they can continue in this caring role for their loved one yeah
0: absolutely so what what has changed for you as a community connector during the pandemic where you can't go out into the community and you can't organize these face-to-face cafes What's what have you been doing instead because i know you've been active
1: yes that's right so um uh, by necessity you know we've had to alter our our care offer and um we, we're now offering our support groups and carers cafes you know virtually online via um zoom type uh, technology and these have been you know well received by many carers particularly those carers who actually may have struggled to attend uh, a support group or carers cafe in the community because perhaps they were unable to leave the person that they cared for in Mm -hmm. order to come along. Yeah. Or that the times weren't convenient because of work commitments, et cetera. Um, so, you know, for many carers, um, that has worked well. But, of course, we're conscious of the fact that, um, you know, some, some carers may not be confident using this type of technology. Yeah. Uh, and therefore, as soon as we can, you know, reopen our, uh, our carers events in the community safely, you know, we will do so yeah. uh, to make sure that, you know, th- that those carers aren't being disenfranchised.
0: Yeah. Do you think you'll carry on with some of the virtual stuff as well?
1: Absolutely, because uh, as I say, you know, we found out that actually this does suit some carers Mm -hmm. better and um, we we realise now that these uh, virtual support groups, you know, should continue um, and we will continue to offer them. Mm.
0: It's a surprising kind of benefit, isn't it, of what we've had to do as a result of being in the pandemic situation is that we've, we've found other ways of providing services and support to people that probably weren't there before.
2: Yeah, I think it's really just forced organizations mm. that might not always be, you know, doing things in the most sort of up to date way. They just it's kind of really forced the issue of having to learn it. And it's in that way I think that's been a positive really. Yeah. Mm. So Julian,
0: you mentioned before about trying to find out what's going on locally. Um, how do you how do you do that?
1: So one of the things that we do, Mel, is that we attend the uh, health and well-being boards, which um, uh, myself and my community connector colleagues will uh, identify in, in our areas of the county. So as I say, I, I'm the community connector for Devizes, Marlborough and, and Pusey. Mm-hmm. And in each of those areas, there's a, there's a health and well-being group that meets, which is designed to increase the well-being of communities in, in, in those areas. And they're able to access... Um, funding from the local area boards in order to achieve those aims and, and and those meetings are attended by many local charities and, and groups who who have an interest in uh, increasing the the wellbeing of, of people in those areas so you know that's that's one way that we find out about uh, the activities of other charities uh, other uh, services offered by the the local authority and it's a great way to to do that so um that that's certainly an example of of how we do that
0: mm mm-hmm. We talked about the online groups. So, can you tell us about the talk and support service that I've seen on your website? This is something that that you're providing. It's a telephone contact, is it, instead of an online group meeting?
2: Yeah, it can it can be either whichever is better for the carer. Um, we can provide it on telephone, or we can we can do a video call. Um, so we have uh, quite a large team now trained volunteers um we did we did receive additional funding for it following covid during the pandemic um because obviously isolation and loneliness was just kind of it's always an issue for Mm. carers but it was it just you know rapidly and particularly we we had we've obviously got extremely vulnerable carers on our register that, that were also not not online that we were aware of um usually elderly who could be very isolated? They could be in rural locations. we made sure we we phoned all of all of those carers and talk and support is a kind of extension where we have a group of volunteers who are offering a kind of befriending, um, listening service. So they will provide a usually a weekly call to a carer. Um, so they'll kind of be paired up and they can just be there to, you know, whatever the carer needs really, just listen um, to. Anything they'd like to talk about. It's nice to be able to talk to someone who's not a family member about things sometimes, or yeah. just, you know, just have a friendly chat. Really, some people obviously during the pandemic have not don't see people for days um, mm. or only speaking to the person they're caring for, so it's it's a kind of lift for them, really. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's there's been lots really lots of things, isn't there? That that have come, you know, there's
0: lots of things in common for people to talk about that aren't necessarily related to caring. You know, just trying to get your shopping for one thing.
2: Yeah. Exactly. And we've heard, we've had really good feedback from the carers that have been accessing that service. And actually, we've had really good news that we've had it, um we've received funding for another nine months of the talk and support. Um, so if any carer feels that they would benefit from from this, they can call us and register. Can, we can put them in touch with a, with a volunteer. Oh, that's really good, because even
0: though the lockdown criteria are easing, As we get lower numbers of infection rates and more people vaccinated, I think a lot of people are going to be quite cautious about coming outside again. And just by nature of that, they may still be at home and they may still be feeling quite isolated. So it's good.
2: I think so I mean the interesting thing when I've spoken to some carers is that you know I forget sometimes they've said lockdown doesn't actually make that much difference to them they've not noticed much difference because they are very often at home all of the time Mm -hmm. with very little um, opportunity to go out and socialize and um, so they're like yeah to be honest we haven't you know it's not life's not much different for us under lockdown which is Mm -hmm. which is really you know sad and it is kind of quite poignant to hear really Um, so Mm -hmm. definitely that talk and support is is I I think, always needed for, for certain carers that just aren't able to to get out and speak yeah. to people. Yeah, I agree. So the main message of this podcast is for people to actually go
0: and look on the website and get connected and then they can find out about lots of other things potentially that are out there or that you can connect them with that will support them as a in their caring role. Yeah. What other kinds of things might they be able to be connected to?
2: So we, I mean, we run a number of different services we we obviously work with Wiltshire council to provide um the the service for carers but we also are a charity and we will fundraise we have a great fundraising team and apply for grants which will enable us to do things in addition to those kind of contracted things that we can we can offer carers so our our time for carers appeal which we run every year um, we raised, I think it was just over £25,000 last year, and that that kind of pot of money just enables us to to help carers in additional ways, you know, as as needed, really. So, um, a conversation with one of our community connectors or something might um, might show that a carer has a specific need. Um, we funded things like driving lessons, gym memberships. Um, you know, leisure centre, mm. memberships, theatre tickets, all sorts of things that just, you know, it's identified that a carer would, would benefit from something specific. And we, we, you know, we may be able to help with things like that. With with our young adult carers, we are often able to help with their sort of studies, the things they need, like laptops or clothes for interviews, like all sorts of things like that. So, yeah. you know, it's great that we're we're sort of able to offer things like that in addition to, you know, where needed at times. I mean, the the best thing is for a carer to obviously register with us and have a chat with us and yeah. see really what's available for them. Yeah. And you're able to put
0: them in touch or try and help them get set up something like a respite care or sitting services that come under that once they've had their assessment?
2: Yeah, I think that's identified the carer's assessment isn't it julian so the sitting service um and and any need for respite um, and funding for for respite would would be identified Mm. with the carer's assessment so yeah we can we can provide all of that information and the other thing that um julian had told me that
0: you were doing as well was the hospital support liaison service which i know probably going to come to a close fairly soon towards the end of april but might be something that gets extended later in the year if we have a third wave or whatever. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, so the liaison service, we've got a team that are working with all of the acute hospitals, so Swindon Bath and Salisbury and the community hospitals. Um, It was identified, there was a a need, a great need for it because obviously the hospitals were becoming overwhelmed. Um, And the issue there for carers is that there's there's a kind of pressure at the 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 kind of implementation of discharge the process the planning and everything it's all a little bit more um fraught if you're wanting you know you're wanting to get your loved one out of hospital because of this pandemic you don't want them to be in there any longer than they have to be but at the same time everything needs to be in place for that person to come home otherwise that's a huge burden on the carer if everything hasn't isn't in place Mm. um it, it could be that you know someone's needs have increased while they've been in hospital and they do require extra support and the team are there to they kind of act as a liaison service between the, the sort of ward staff generally and the, the carer to make sure that the carer is able to be heard you know what, what they what they need to enable that discharge um, so that their, their needs are taken into account and not not kind of forgotten about sounds really really helpful so tell me about
0: carer support volunteers as well. What do they do?
2: We have volunteers helping with all sorts of things, running carer cafes, um, you know, helping in the admin team. We've got photographers. Um, we've got a really amazing team of volunteers. The, the talk and support we were talking about earlier, those are, are volunteers. And um, a lot of them are obviously former carers that want to kind of use their experiences to kind of give back. Um, People that I mean, volunteering is obviously a proven way to boost your own experiences and self-esteem and, and mm-hmm. things. So it's a, it's a great thing all round, really. And we would encourage anyone who would be interested in volunteering in any area really to to get in touch with us to see if we've got any vacancies. I think we have. I think we have over a hundred volunteers. I'd need to. It's a you know it's a big a big team, and it might only be a few hours commitment a month, or it might be more. Whatever. Brilliant. Someone wants to do really. Okie dokie. They can get in touch via the website. Yeah, we've got a volunteer section on our website, so um, they can find out more there.
0: Okay. So I'll put some links in the show notes for people to look up, but basically, what they will be looking for is the website as a starting point, which is
2: do you want to say what it is? Yep, the website is carersupportwiltshire.co.uk. Fabulous. Okay. Um and I should say actually we've got a young a young adult carers website which is yakbook.co.uk. So that's for specifically aimed at carers between probably sixteen and twenty-five. And then we've got a young a young carers section of our website as well, which which will give people information about young carers because You know, quite often there are young people in a household where someone is being cared for. And it's it's something that people don't always identify them as young carers because they're not necessarily doing a lot of practical care. But they will often be providing mental health support. They will be be taking on more housework and chores and things like that. So it's really important, too, that they are identified as young carers and and are offered any support that they're they're able to get. Absolutely. Good to know. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Julian and Kath, for coming onto the podcast today and telling us all about Para support Wiltshire. Thanks for having us, uh, Mal.
1: It's been a pleasure. Thank you.
0: I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. There are times in life when we really benefit from talking to people who are going through a similar phase or experience in their life. I already advocate for peer support in general, but There are organisations that can help too and they can also point you in the direction of peer support for whatever it is you need at that point in your life. So if you're listening to this and wondering where you can get help for your area, try and track them down. Have a search for them on the internet, ask around, look in your local GP surgery, your local hospitals and take a look in your local newspapers. There will be many similar charities. I hope you find the help you need. And remember, you can send in your comments and your thoughts and your ideas for podcast themed topics or look out for PSAHQ on Instagram and now on Facebook. All the contact details are in the show notes. So until next time, take care. Thank you to Britpact for supporting this episode of the PSA HQ podcast channel. You can find out more about Britpact if you go to their website, which is britpact.org. The address is also in the show notes.